Hebrews 11, 30 and 31. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Father, this morning, we continue in our study of Hebrews 11 concerning the kind of faith that lives and endures over the course of an individual's earthly lifetime. And we come to the testimony of Joshua and Rahab. And upon first reading, the text may seem quite detached from this hour in which we celebrate the Lord's table. But upon a little thought, we immediately recognize that Joshua is in some ways very much unlike Rahab and vice versa. And in the two, we have, with the communion table before us, this glorious thought. No one is without need of the grace and gift of God. Joshua, and no one is beyond the grace and gift of God, Rahab. And so let the devotional warmth of the testimony of these two wives impact us in preparation for the table. And for that, we will praise you in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. The commission of Joshua was our study focus last Sunday night at the Tilly Supper. Uh, he was the very first man on earth uh, to be told to order his life and ministry according to the written word of God. Joshua only had five books in his Bible at the time, the Pentateuch, the Torah. But Joshua is one of two testimonies from the days of Israel's conquest that are brought to us here in Hebrews chapter 11 to continue to illustrate the way that living and enduring faith works during an individual saint's lifetime. The testimony of holy Joshua outside the walls of Jericho is brought together by the Spirit of God in this text with the testimony of the harlot Rahab inside those very same walls, illustrating how that faith is the victory. In Rahab, we have the reality of the faith that saves. And in Joshua, we have the reality of the faith that serves and wins according to the Lord's plan and battle. The amazing thing about Joshua's success at Jericho, as referenced in verse 30, was that he led a campaign against the heavily walled city using, of course, a method that was humanly 
destined to fail. In fact, it was humanly silly. If anybody suggested that the way to fight a battle was to walk around in circles and then blow your horn, nobody would think that was a great way to win a fight. Nobody, absolutely nobody. The battle strategy uh, to walk around the walls of the city and blow trumpets, of course, worked. And the reason it worked is both simple and profound. The simple strategy was divinely prescribed and empowered. God made the plan. Joshua trusted God, and the walls came tumbling down. Faith in God's plan and power won that day of battle. The fortified eastern gateway city into the land of promise was thereafter easily conquered by trust and obey. In contrast to Joshua and the testimony of the Israel nation under him, 1130, you have Rahab, 1131, the woman of ill repute. She lived in that fortified gateway city called Jericho. Since her house was constantly active with the traffic of sinful men coming and going, Israeli spies used her house for surveillance until, of course, they were found out. She not only helped them escape, but she also uh, made to them a significant confession of her faith in the one true God of heaven and earth. As a result, those spies, those Israeli spies, promised to spare her and her household when God gave the city to the Israelis. Rahab had heard from her foreign traveling male visitors of the power of God, the God of Israel, and the deliverance of the nation through the Red Sea. By the time the Israeli spies came to her, she was already convinced that the God of Israel was the one true God in heaven above and in earth below. If you need affirmation of that, I would encourage you to read Joshua chapter 2, and that particular thing is stated at verse 11. This harlot was almost, I should say, was most likely, uh, most unlikely of persons uh, to be used by holy God uh, to help Israel and to be uh, blessed among the people of Israel. But she was uh, an object of God's grace by faith. She reminds us, as I've already prayed, that no one is beyond the grace of God as to its reach. We never have to worry that we're going to share the gospel with somebody for whom it would not work because they were too bad for God's saving. And Rahab would certainly line up in that category. The thing that is truly astounding, as some of you will recall from the adult study uh, some months, probably years ago now, in the book of Ruth, this Rahab later married Solomon, who was the leader of the tribe of Judah. She is stated in the Bible to be the mother of Boaz, 
the husband of Ruth. She is the grandmother of Obed, the father of King David. She is one of only two women listed in Hebrews chapter 11 and is found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ as we found early last summer in Matthew chapter 1 at verse 5. Her testimony is one of harlotry to holiness by faith. When Hebrews 11 puts the record of holy Joshua and harlot Rahab together in reference to the great day of conquest, we get to be reminded of the victory that is associated with faith in Jesus Christ. This becomes then an excellent truth to review before our participation at the Lord's table. Three characteristics of victory or winning faith can be easily identified and developed from reference to the Old Testament biblical story of conquest. Number one, victorious faith is always connected to the word of God or the oracles of God. Thus saith the Lord. Joshua was not casting his own vision for victory over Jericho when he told the congregation they would walk in circles and blow their horns. I'm confident that he could have sat down and come up with a plan. After all, Joshua is presented in the scripture as an experienced man, as a man with a, a good level of brain power, and certainly a man of, of leadership and savvy. And we also know him to be a spirit-led man. I'm sure that Joshua could have come up with some kind of a plan himself uh, in regards to the aspect of taking the city of Jericho, and then he could have just simply asked God to bless that. Joshua could have made his own plan and asked God to bless it. And, of course, that is exactly what is popular today among evangelicals or gospel-believing Christians today, and that is to make their own way, lay their own plans, set their own schedule, and then ask God to bless it. And then, of course, sometimes they are, are disturbed by the fact that their plans don't, uh, uh, don't accomplish that which they would desire. Of course, we know that God spoke directly to the matter at victory of Jericho. And the point simply here is indeed profound. Your word is your word. Your plan is your plan. Uh, God's word is his word. His plans are his plans. Faith in his word. Faith in his plans is that which will exceed in light of eternity. Even if it doesn't succeed in the short run as men look at the sense of victory, it will indeed be victorious in eternity. Faith in God wins. Faith in God wins. We are taught of God to be subject to God. We are taught of God to submit our plans to God, to the will of God, that his will might be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we write uh, in our written messages, DV, for those Latin words, Deo Valente, God willing. 
recognizing the fact that God is ultimately in control of each and every individual thing. But on this Lord's Day morning, first day of the week, uh, we are brought together uh, in this hour to celebrate uh, the Lord's table. And in part, the reason why it is the Lord's table is because this before us is surely a representation of God's own plan, as was the plan given to Joshua, walk in circles and blow your horns. You and I are not saved the way it might seem we could be. Hopefully I'll be good enough the way it would seem to work. No, it doesn't work that way. It works this way. It only works this way. Just like the victory at Jericho only worked the way that God made it to work. Walk in circles, blow the horns. So, in God's plan for his only begotten son, smitten and afflicted, you and I have the joy of sins forgiven, the promise of a home in heaven, and the guarantee that we are indeed on the winning side of God. We in Christ, cannot be stopped. God's will will be done. It's only a matter of time. He came, he comes. And today, we remember the victory that is associated with our faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord, whom we present week in and week out, as the living word in beautiful harmony with the written word of God that we carry in our hands. Victory is always connected to the word of God. Number two, victorious faith is always connected to an obedient response to the word of God. God's word to Joshua of victory required that the leader lead and the people follow. Obedience is always the evidence of genuine faith. Could Joshua be said to have believed God if he did not obey God? Could the congregation of Israel be said to have believed God if they refused to walk in circles? for seven consecutive days and blow their horns as prescribed by God? Of course, the answer is no. When it comes to the impossible, it is God for the win or no win at all. At this table, we are reminded of the single greatest demonstration of trust and obey. Joshua Old Testament Joshua, whose name means Yahweh saves, leads us this morning and points us this morning ultimately to Jesus, who has indeed become the saving Yahweh by nature of becoming man. Our adult studies in 1 John will soon have us reading, This is 
the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, in Jesus, the Son of God. Victorious faith is always directly connected to the oracles of God, the Word of God, written. Victorious faith is always connected to response, obedient response to the Word of God as written. And thirdly this morning, victorious faith always connects us to others that are indeed faithful. Rahab was a woman of sinful occupation. She is high on the life scale of yuck as we meet her in the scripture. Yet Joshua and Rahab are gloriously connected by faith in God. They both have experience in God's deliverance. They both have experience in God's sense of victory. They both have testimony of a living and enduring faith. How blessed are the manifold applications of these two lives as connected by the Spirit of God. Holy Joshua, harlot Rahab. Rahab is an illustration of the faith that saves. Joshua is an illustration of the faith that serves and secures the victory. One faith, one Lord, many, many blessings. Rahab connected to Joshua in faith. That was really the only thing that connected them, was faith in God. That is the defining element of their connection, as you think upon the two individuals as named in 30 and 31. The only defining element of connection was their faith. It is the defining element of our connection. It is the defining element of our connection. It is the only defining element of our connection. We are here together this morning for the faith of Jesus Christ our Lord. It is what binds our hearts together. Our mutual sense of love and adoration for Christ that fills up and spills over by the Spirit in an experience of worth and blessing for those that participate. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The walls of the worldly system are heavenly fortified. The God of this world is entrenched. But I remind you that in Jesus Christ, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the Lord's church. Joshua and Rahab could not have been more polar opposite. Yet they, by faith in God, were and are dynamically and forever connected. It is indeed our faith in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus that connects us presently and eternally. It is Christ, our grand connection, that captures our attention 
at the table of the Lord set before us. Oh, Father, help us this morning to be mindful of Christ and the gospel truth of his death for our sins, of his glorious life and proof of power over death and sin, and his promise to return. As we have often noted before this congregation, we live between the two advents of Christ. He who came surely comes. And in the meantime, we do this in remembrance of him. Bless then the minds of thy people in recall that our hearts and minds might be filled with the love and the truth of Jesus Christ our Lord. This we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.